Hello and welcome. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond Prisons. I'm Ellis Maxwell, the podcast's editor. In this episode, Kim Wilson sits down with Monica Cosby to talk about the draconian policy in the Delaware Department of Corrections to end all physical mail sent to prisoners. They discuss the cruelty of this policy, which would prevent prisoners from receiving sympathy cards, birthday cards, and even hand-drawn items sent by their children or other loved ones. They also get into the painful isolation that this policy will lead to for many prisoners, whose main way of connecting with loved ones on the outside is through the mail, because of the cost of phone calls and the hassle of online communication and traveling long distances for in-person visits. Finally, they touch on the Delaware Department of Corrections' flimsy claim that this policy is designed to reduce contraband and the much clearer profit motive behind digital mail. With this disastrous mail policy set to go into effect on April 4th, there's not much time to voice our opposition. Check out our website at beyond-prisons.com to learn more about what you can do to stop this mail policy from taking effect. Monica Cosby is a mother, grandmother, activist, organizer, restorative justice and peace circle keeper, poet, person of the theater, and a lover of books, music, cats, dogs, and the earth. Her life and work have been shaped and informed by the communities she's belonged to, including the community of artists, scholars, and mothers with whom she was incarcerated for 20 years, and whose survival was and is an act of resistance against a system that would dispose of them. She is the lead organizer of Moms United Against Violence and Incarceration, and is a wonderful and valuable spirit in the Chicago movement community. Thanks so much for listening. So I just want to um, just chat with you about like um, your thoughts on these uh, draconian male policies, but also, you know, get you to talk a little bit about um, the importance of mail, like for folks on, you know, on the inside. I don't even have like cool words for it. It's so foul and fucked up. You don't need, those are cool words. It's like whatever words you have will work. Seriously. Yep. I'm just saying, it is, the whole thing is, the whole situation is how the fuck up, right? Um, getting rid of in-person mail. So I guess it's like a whole bunch of issues that are caught up in this one thing, right? Because mm-hmm. I think people think that and it's, I guess it's easy to think this, I don't know, but I think people think that, oh, let's, you know, convert everything to email and get everybody tablets and shit. Yeah. And wow, like, that's cool, but don't do away with in-person mail because one, fuck, everybody's not going to have a goddamn tablet. Well, right? yeah, yeah. There's that. Um, everybody's not going to have a fucking tablet. And in right? Delaware, because this is specific to Delaware, um, prisoners don't own their tablets. They share tablets, right? Um, so if you don't have peoples on the outside, um, that put money on your tablet, you don't, you don't have, you don't have, you know, access to electronic communication. So that's something. So they can effectively cut off your communication. Well, they've always had the capacity to do that. Any yeah. department of corrections has always had the capacity 
to cut off communication with a prisoner. Absolutely. They can stop visits, turn off the phone in the middle of a phone call or just yep. never turn the phones on. Yep. Right? They can stop in-person mail, all of those things. They can surveil the mail. And right? they do. And they do. They, they absolutely do. Yeah. I think people don't realize every prison everywhere has, like, every prisoner has a motherfucking mail where they keep track of everything, who you get mail from electronically or on paper, yep. who your friends are in the prison, who comes to see you, mm-hmm. who you call, yeah. right? Um, what classes you've taken, all, all, all of this motherfucking information, your kids, if you have children, your spouse, if you got spouse, like your known associates in and out of the jail. Yeah. Um, all these things, all that thing, all that stuff is surveilled. It's monitored. Um, they keep track of absolutely everything, but you know, with the mail specifically, it's, you know, all ingoing mail, um, is it, they go through, right? So it arrives in the mail room. And if there's anything suspicious or funny, um, at least the, the procedure in Delaware is that anything that's deemed suspicious or funny, um, goes, uh, directly to internal affairs and then it sits in internal affairs for however long and if they you know they're like oh this is fine they'll send it send it on to you or whatever um if it's something that you know they consider quote-unquote contraband um (laughs) it's then they can either throw it out um they can throw it they usually just throw it away uh and very seldom do they return mail so it's it, it's like we know that they're always checking mail and the idea that contraband is coming in contraband can be a motherfucking birthday card that your baby drew you with yeah exactly exactly it's whatever they it's whatever they deem exactly exactly but that's the argument that they use to implement these policies across the country right is that it's supposed to prevent contraband we know, <laughs> we know. Contraband, in my experience, was fucking correctional officers. Exactly. I was just about to say that the contraband enters the prison through COs and through staff, not because uh, you know people on the outside are sending. You know, like I don't know, I, I don't know what they think. You know, like you whole motherfucking ass X-ray machines and shit in the fucking mail rooms for the detection of contraband. And live persons opening the mail just to catch some shit that the fucking x-ray machines don't. Or whatever kind of scanning machines. I think it's probably not like actual x-rays. But yeah, kind of yeah, machine. they just uh, scan it or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I haven't been in a mail room. I don't know what the, you know, what that looks like or, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know that process. You know that procedure. And, you know, it's like. It looks like the shit in the airports. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I was thinking. You know, it's like somebody sitting there with gloves on, opening up every single envelope that comes in, right? And it's like, if it's not something that they want you to have, then, you know, and they want to get you in trouble, then they forward it to internal affairs. Um, <laughs> if it's just something that they just don't want you to have and they don't care, um, then they just throw it away. They don't even return it to, you know, to your people. So, you know, um, and the ideal is that, like, so in, when I was in prison, if you got some kind of mail that they had deemed contraband that you couldn't have, they sent you this little notification 
slip that said you got mail that you weren't supposed to have and it was contraband because and then it was like i don't know 30 items or some shit on the checklist of like things you couldn't have pressed flowers lots of hair all kinds of shit was on there yeah yeah i mean it's it just it's so it's just so with alcohol pictures with gang signs and they use that like they construe that shit super liberal, you know what I'm saying, to just not give you your pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because they're they're like, first of all, it's <laughs> if you're on vacation somewhere and somebody's got you know a bottle of Bacardi in the background and you happen to get a picture, you know, with that person, like not even really thinking about it, like that could be considered contraband in you know in a lot of places. But without running, you know, too far afield with, you know, what their definitions are and, and all of this stuff. We know that that policy or the the guys that they give it is like, you know, it's because they're trying to reduce contraband, right? We know how contraband enters prisons. It's like, I was just at the prison today. They patted me down. They scanned me completely. You know, they go through your your hat, your jacket, everything. You're not, you know, they have all these policies and things like that. Um, so it's not like prisoner or um, people visiting, you know, folks on the inside can bring anything in. It's just like virtually impossible, right, <laughs> for them to bring anything in, into uh, into the prison. So the idea that mail somehow becomes this thing, it's, it's another way to exercise a kind of, you know, arbitrary, cruel control over people and further break down their ties to the folks that they have on the outside that are supporting them. Because as you pointed out in the beginning, um, there are a lot of people that will simply not write to somebody in prison because one, they may not have access to Wi-Fi or they may be, you know, just don't know how to use the technology, downloading apps and all these things. Like we already have to use several different apps to put money on their, you know, on their commissary. Um, an, you know, uh, another, you know, the same app to put money on their telephone. Then there's a separate app owned by the same company that you use to put money on their tablet, but also to put money on your side of the account in case you want to have video visits with that person. So we're already using several apps and it's just another way to extract money from you know from people on the outside right and from and from incarcerated people as well because it's like where's this money coming from there are a lot of people who just don't who go without there are people who just never use the tablet because no one out here has the money to put money on their on their tablet the people who go without because you know phone calls for months and years and you know i've talked to many of these people who you know one of the people you know yeah and I, I, if you're willing to, you know, um, talk a little bit about that, um, I think that would also be helpful. My biggest way of communicating with my family, with my children and my siblings was through the mail. Um, the cost of phone calls was so motherfucking prohibitive, right? I mean, years would go by when I couldn't even use the phone. And there were times when we'd actively have to choose between, like, 
buying commentary and, you know, for like my mom or whoever sent me a couple of dollars or put that money on the phone so I could call. Um, I didn't get visits and stuff like that. So my primary, my primary communication was through the mail. I've had to put money on someone's books in Delaware, right? And many someone's, not just a single person, many someone's because they don't have people out here that have money to spare because someone died and they want to talk to their loved ones because they can't, you know, like they're not going to be there. They're not going to be at the funeral. They can't, you know, like partake in any of the rituals and all of the things that, you know, that we engage in that like we're saying, you know, like the logic of the prisoner, what the prison says is that, you know, they're there to rehabilitate these people and turn them into, you know, law abiding citizens, whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. Right. Um, <laughs> but we're going to do that by basically completely destroying and undermining their ties to their family, to their communities. What'd you say? By complete isolation. By complete what... isolation and destroying those things. And it's like, you know, you want them to grieve by themselves, right? You want them to grieve in, you know, in isolation and then wondering what's wrong with people when they're snapping and shit like that. It's like, you know, you, like what, you know, it's like you want to take away, you know, a parent's um, ability to get like a hand-drawn, you know, picture. I said at one of my first, one of the first talks that I gave, right, one of my first um, public speaking things that I went to was with Love and Protect Black and Pink Uptown People's Law Center and a couple of more organizations. I'm sorry, I can't remember. But it was a letter writing thing. And it was shortly after I had gotten out. And I was still in the halfway house then, as a matter of fact. So I, you know, and I'd only been out for maybe a month or so. Yeah, and I said then that like because letters don't weigh shit you know what I'm saying they don't weigh anything it's like an ounce or whatever it's a few pieces of paper and an envelope it doesn't weigh much but at the same time it weighs everything the weight of those letters is there is a depth and a I can't even explain it's you can be standing in the day room at mail call and you can see what it means to people when their name gets called mm-hmm. and what it means when it doesn't, right? Yeah. Um, you can see what it means when, if you have someone with a similar last name or the same last name, right? And then they got like every, the people with that same name or the similar name will step up for only for the CEO to say, oh, you, not you, mm-hmm. right? Okay. That is some hurting shit. Yeah. It is. I got a letter from my mom one day and it fucking, it smelled like her. It smelled like coffee in an ashtray. Oh, <laughs> oh. To me, it just brings back like all these kinds of memories and things like, and we're saying, you don't, you don't get to have that. Like, fuck you. You don't get to have any of that. You don't get to have that experience. Like you're already removing people from their homes and from their communities. And now you're basically saying, I'm going to remove you from their lives in, you know, even in this way. So it may be smaller, it may seem small to, um, to prison officials, 
Uh, and other people who are like, well, you know, fuck everybody that's in prison. You know, they did whatever. Like to those people, it seems small. To anybody that has a fucking conscience, <laughs> to anybody. So I have heard variations of this. And I want to say I heard James, I can't even remember. I want to say James Kilgore, but I have heard variations of this. And we have, in fact, talked about this sitting up in the prison. If they can get away with it, whatever the it may be, whatever the horrible it may be with us here in the prisons, they're coming for you out there. Absolutely. They're coming for everybody out there, right? Um, in terms of, so it's like a level of violence that we live with every day in the like it, It's constant. It is a constant, right? So, so much so that. We can almost feel when Orange Crush comes. Orange Crush is what we call the tap team in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Right? Because um, they were like the bright orange, they got the right gear and all that shit. Yeah. Um, they come with the dogs and they come roughly once a month. And that's just the tap team. That's just OT. That's just Orange Crush. Then there's just like the regular shakedown crew. These are the same motherfucking people. Yep. They're the same COs that be with us on a daily. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They just go put on their orange suits and come and fuck our shit up more than they do on a regular every day um it's a level of so when we know like it's just this thing that kind of happens we kind of know when it's gonna go down because we live so much with it Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying um that paper mail when it comes i i can't even tell you like it just it brightens up everything right it gets held against us but it brightens up everything and also by them stopping paper mail, it means that event like, so if that works there, they're going to spread that across every prison. And what does that mean for, like, education in prison and so much more, so much more beyond that? Absolutely. You know, I Absolutely. got folks in prison. I have people, while I was in prison, I got still people still in the prison that are doing either all kind of independent study or, you know, affiliated with an academic institution via correspondence Yep. on paper yep. because they don't got fucking tablets. They either can't afford them or their prison don't have them yet. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, they, um, they're saying that anything, someone from anything their that familial connections, their kinship and communal connections to isolate people from, information access to information and communicate like oh that's a disaster and it's cruel or even more of a disaster it's cruel it's absolutely cruel and it's unnecessary it's, it is let's, 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 let's be let's be very clear this is not something that needs to happen it's another way for the prison to extract money from incarcerated people and their loved ones that's what this is cruel and predatory absolutely absolutely and and they know and they know that and we know from you know the way that this has affected people in other prisons where this has happened you know we know that (laughs) it harms people more than it actually helps it when you're destroying people's ability to communicate with their folks on the outside you know like it's already difficult like people think you know they just can go to the phone whenever or that you know we can call people in no i literally have had to sit here and either type or videotape myself doing a freaking tutorial on how to log in to this shitty system 
that they have, you know, because it's really that convoluted. And I've had people text me and are like, you know, I wish I, I wish I had the patience to work with this, you know, platform, but I just don't. I just don't. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. You get kicked out, you get logged out, you know, and then you have to log back in. And you think like, wait, did I click the wrong thing? No, that's just how the damn thing works, right? And there's no customer service, right? And it's like, I'm not making the case, like, let's improve that system. I'm making the point to illustrate just how difficult it is to communicate with people, given the fact that we do have this technology out here. And it's like, you know, we have Gmail. Why are we paying, a, you know, a company 25 cents for a 500 character message, you know, to, when Gmail is free on their end, when, you know, for the guys on the inside, they have to pay per minute. They pay per minute. So every time they log in, the clock starts ticking and they have to pay per minute. So it's like if there's a problem <laughs> and they have to log out or the system doesn't give them access, it, was, it just it, it eats up all their money. Right. Because even if the communication doesn't go through, the system reads it as, well, you logged in. So you're using our service. So we're charging you. So this is another part of the problem. Right. And the unreliability of that. But also, again, there is no substitution. We are not sitting here arguing that, you know, we need we do need to improve the electronic communication and things like that. But electronic communication is not a substitute for physical mail. It's simply not. And to basically- You're in the same way that video visitation is not a substitute for in-person visits. So when you, nope. make, when you make that more difficult for people, and they do, then it's like, you know, what are you really trying to do? You're not actually trying to foster people's ability to remain in community with folks, right? Nope. You're not. That is not the function of prisons. We know it's it not. Has been, we know it it's not. Be. Yeah. Yep. We know it's not. We know it's not. But I think, you know, um, something else I was thinking about um, that, that you mentioned earlier, um, and I, I don't want to just kind of pass by because you just kind of dropped it in there and I'm like no no let's go back to that was when you said no for real because it's like I want people to understand just how cruel this shit is you said at the beginning of our conversation that you know you went for years without you know communication right and I'm like years you didn't say a few days you said years with an s at the end like plural like that's a long fucking time to not have anyone, you know, contact you, to not have, you know, like with someone outside of the, of the fucking prison system. Like what, you know, and that's like, and that's the reality for so many people. And it's like, okay, stamps, you know, the cost of stamps is going up. Um, if it hasn't already, what? Like, I feel like I talk about a lot of myself, mm -hmm. right? But there's still, like, so little that I talk about. Right? I talk about, like, experiences. I don't necessarily, and even that just barely scratches the surfaces of prison. Yeah. But I don't necessarily always talk a lot about, like, how it really truly af affected and still affects me. And 
the way I function in relationships, in working relationships and friendships, right? Um, there's motherfuck. I like I ain't trying to get all emotional and shit. Um, Look, if you can't get emotional over this, then I don't know what. I'm like, you don't need you don't need my permission, <laughs> and I'm not trying to tell you you have to disclose anything you don't want to uh, you don't want to share. But this is I, I'm emotional about this. I'm angry. Is it is again? It is decidedly cruel. Like it's on purpose. You know what I'm saying? It's entirely on purpose and designed, intended to motherfucking harm. Yeah. That's violent. Yep. That is decidedly cruel and motherfucking predatory and motherfucking violent. Yeah. And these same motherfuckers be pushing policies talking about some let's punish so-called violent people more. Well, because we have a particular, we've been socialized to think that violence looks a certain way and it's only certain people, you know, enact violence. Whereas, you know, harm, everybody does harm. Everybody does harm, right? It's like, <laughs> there, there isn't a single person on the planet that hasn't harmed another person, right? And it's like the harm that is perpetuated by the prison system right and it's like it's so fucking lasting it's lasting and it's it's also embedded in for lack of a better term um because i'm I'm thinking so many things right now in in the mundane things it's it's in the everyday little things i i expect bullshit to happen i expect it's there's going to be some bullshit every single day you also have to decide to what extent that bullshit rises to the level of we're going to organize against this or this is bullshit that, you know, it's like, oh, what the fuck? And you got to keep moving. Right. And it's like and you have you're making, you know, at least from from my perspective on the outside, you're having to do that all of the time. So for folks that can't and don't have, you know, resources and, you know, their people are working you know, like all freaking day. I mean, the, it's not like they can just go to the phone whenever they want. They can't. They can't. It's like a letter. A, when when I mail a letter, I don't know if they're going to get that letter in four days or if they're going to get that letter in a month and it's a half. <laughs> yep. So in the last two years, uh, in the last two, two and a half years of my stay in Illinois Department of Corrections, they had in, I'm going to say it was March 13th, is when they began the move from Lincoln to Logan. So what happened was they had shut down Dwight, Corre Dwight Correctional Center, and they moved the population of Lincoln Correctional Center and Dwight Correctional Center and smashed us all together into Logan Correctional Center. That shit was a clusterfuck. That shit was ridiculous. Um, when we got there, our property boxes were sitting in puddles of fucking pee. The walls and mattresses had been urinated upon and in some cases defecated on, torn up um, sockets and like the electrical sockets and stuff like that where we plug up our TVs and radios and shit were torn out. Uh, it, it was ridiculous when we got there. 
our mail was backed up by several months for at least the first year. For at least the first year. And so that meant that a lot of times a lot of people didn't shop because everybody didn't, you know, everybody's people didn't necessarily have the capacity to Western Union them or Jay pay them some money. Mm-hmm. So they're, waiting, you know, waiting for a money order to get processed. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. Yeah. Um, people's appellate mail. Some of the women that work, some of the folks that worked on uh, ground crew or whatever the job assignment was, where, you know, they were working outside and stuff, found a whole bunch of legal mail, people's legal mail from like the appellate courts and clemency petitions and shit. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of people have the impression that legal mail is sec- is sacred, and you know, and it's not. It, and it's not like they treat you know they they get to decide what they feel is worth you know going in, and they're not supposed to open legal mail, but they do, but they, they do. do. You know, it's like they're not supposed to you know go through outgoing mail. But they do. I've received numerous pieces of mail. I wound up said once, because I was on some organizing shit, and I went to said once because they opened my outgoing legal mail. And it just so happened I had, like, other people because, you know, I'm a little bit of an organizer. And I, just, and I didn't necessarily, I still don't think of, like, I know a lot of the shit that I was up to while I was locked up as organizing, but I wasn't necessarily thinking of it as organizing at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So much as, like, working to get, you know, just to get through, right? Yeah. Um, so when I got swept off to say, I also had somebody else send some mail out to make a phone call and send some mail out to let my people out here, let the couple of people out here I that I did have at the time mm-hmm. know that, hey, I'm in SEG, and one of them was my lawyer, you know, so I was like, but I wound up in SEG for, after them going back and forth, I think I got out of SEG, like, after about maybe, I don't know, a month or so. But then I went back in, I don't know, less than a week for some other shit that I didn't even do. But they couldn't get me on the first thing because at the end of the day, they violated the legal mail. Yeah. Right. And so they just swept me up on some other shit. And I wound up and said for, I don't know, about like six months or something. Yeah. A lot of us minimize the harm to ourselves that happened while we were locked up because it's so much. If I think about it too much, I just be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, this specific policy is, you know, will basically eliminate all, all physical mail will be gone. Um, you know, you will have to send a mail to, uh, a company that, that will, you know, that will scan it. And, you know, that company gets to also decide what is contraband or not. Right. So there you will not be able to send um like uh newspaper clippings you know articles that you download from the internet um zines no kind of you know drawings nothing like nothing that actually you know that you could put in an envelope like that's just that you can share with people right so it also has the effect of you know what does this mean for like actual books 
Um, you can send, you can send books, but I mean, the book policy has always been that you have to go through a third party retailer. So it's not like, you know, I have a vast library of books and for many years I hung on to, you know, a lot of books that I had paperbacks, um, that I'd acquired because, you know, as a professor, you just get a lot of books, right? Um, and, and I was like, oh, you know, maybe at some point I could send these. Well, no, that, that like, it just never, that never was going to happen. You can't send books directly, right? So it's always been a policy where you have to, the books have to come from an organization or they have to come from, um, in some places a recognizable large seller, like, you know, Amazon, like, you know, so it's like, if it's just, you know, um, a, a mom and pop bookstore, an indie bookstore or something like that, you know, they may turn that away because they might think that, you know, you made that up, right. Just to get the book inside. But, you know, it's like, it just makes communication really, really difficult, um, you know, on all kinds of things. If the, if you come across an article on something that might be pertinent to somebody's case, and it's like, that's not technically legal mail, you know, but it's like, you would basically just print that out and send it to them in an, you know, in a regular envelope, but you, you can't do, you wouldn't be able to do that anymore, right? Like you would not be able to do that. So it's just, and, and it's not, that's not the only kinds of things. Like, you know, people ask. All, this is also about like censorship. It's control oh, it's of complete censorship. It's control of the information and the flow of information. Absolutely. 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 Right. I mean, it's, it, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, all of the things that, you know, might help someone because I know we, um, I send a lot of articles that have to do with grief and loss, um, to folks on the inside because people are losing people, especially over the last couple of years, people are losing people all the time, all the time. Right. And it's like, it's not like there's a, an abundance of resources inside of the prisons. It's not like there's, you know, they can just call a therapist and, you know, and, and talk about this stuff, right? Like, it's just like, we're doing a lot of the support work through the mail as well. So it undermines, you know, it undermines that. And it's like, what do you want people to just be like, <sighs> That is exactly what they want. They I know. Want them to die. It's a rhetorical. It's rhetorical. <laughs> I'm just like. I know. I know. It's just. Like they really want us to die. They don't care. They just. They really, really don't care. And it's like. As someone who. You know. Just. I like the ritual of. You know. Writing a letter. You know. Writing out cards. Drawing things. Sending them in. You know. Sharing that stuff. Um, And I know other people do. And. It, it just like you're cutting them off from, you know, from their community, right? Like you're cutting them off from, and I, I don't mean community in a real, in a vague way. You're cutting them off from the people that provide them material support, right? Emotional, financial, you know, and, and whatever other ways you can support human beings. And those are things that are important for people, one, to do well, Right. <laughs> right. As well as someone can possibly do under those circumstances. But then, you know, to remain connected to the folks that they're going to, you know, come back to. Like, I, I mean, that, it has made it so hard for me 
in so many ways to come back, right? Because I was so gone. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't just locked, like, I, I was gone. Out <laughs> of sight. You were out of sight and out of mind. It's like, you know, um, I, I photos to me are like a big, a big deal, right? So, you know, a few years ago, they, you know, decided, okay, you can send, um, you can use a, you know, third party, um, to send photographs in. So all these different apps popped up on the scene and whatever. And it was just like, it's really convenient. You're on your phone. All you have to do is, you know, upload those, uh, photos or give the photo, give the app permission and people know how these things work anyway. Um, and then you just mail the photos, right? they get the physical photograph. They get the physical photograph. So right now in Delaware, the policy is that they can get 60 physical photographs. With this new mail policy, you would have to, um, they would be limited to only getting 10. 10, right? And part of that, you know, and I called it a few years ago when they, you know, switched to um, email and, you know, um, and, and they have There's a, so many ways that this motherfucking world in prison and out makes you like, it takes away all your autonomy and choice. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like motherfuckers keep getting, people get bashed for the choices they made, the choices they made. And we just totally willing to be like, yep, they made this choice, but all the choices were fucked up. How do you choose 20 pictures out of 60? Yep. You know what I'm like? Yep. What the fuck? Yep. Yep. And, and I mean, it, it, it just, and you could, you know, <laughs> we know, we know that folks could get in trouble if they have more than, you know, their allotted That's number. Sick. They're going to take those pictures. They're going to tear them up. They're, they're just going to trash throw them. them away. And then somebody's going to get a ticket and they're going to have whatever disciplinary yep. yep. commissary restriction, phone restriction, visiting restriction, mail restriction. And, and it's like, and, or possibly said, and those things are already restricted, right? Those things are already restricted. Mail is already restricted, right? There's, it's not like you could just put anything that can fit in an envelope in an envelope and send it off to somebody. That's not the way it works. You have to send, you know, it's like, you can't send things that have stamps or glitter or, you know, tape or anything like that. No kinds of embellishments. You can't send, you know, like small objects, none of that kind of stuff, right? It's just like none of that. So you basically send, you know, a letter or a card no kind, like you can't send the cards that make, have music or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Like you just send a regular card <laughs> and, you know, postcards and things like that. I mean, there, there are facilities around the country that have postcard only policies. Like you can't fit, you know, like what's happened in our lives on a postcard. Like you would need how many dozens of postcards to fit in, you know, what some of us sit down and write like long ass letters, right? And it's like, oh God, it's just, it's so <clears throat> dehumanizing. It's so dehumanizing. And it's another reminder that folks don't have any control over their own lives in this system, that anything that might be even remotely positive, life-affirming, 
uplifting, helpful to them is not allowed within the context of this system. If the system can't profit from it, if they can't, you know, punish you for it, then you can't fucking have it. And that's what these policies boil down to. They can't, they can't make money off of us sending mail directly to our loved ones. So now they have a company that they can get, you know, money from for however many people and people like, you know, it's, these policies have been implemented in prisons across the country. This isn't a new thing. There've been many efforts to halt and stop this from happening in other places. As far as, you know, I know, and I could be wrong about this, um, most of them have not been successful, right? And it just goes right on ahead. Pennsylvania, if you have loved ones in Pennsylvania, your mail has to go to Florida. Your mail goes to Florida to a company. Hollywood, Florida or wherever it was. Right? Your mail goes to Florida to a company down there. They scan it and then they send that scan to your people. So we're paying to communicate with them and have this, you know, other entity mediate what we're sending in, like, into them. Like, what? And people are like, yeah, this seems like a good idea. Like there are actual people in the room who are sitting around and saying, making these decisions. Let's stop pretending that these decisions are not made by actual people, that these are choices that people are making, that this isn't just something that someone dropped out of the fucking ether and is just kind of like, oh my God, now people have to send mail. No, people are sitting in a room making these decisions. So we need to appeal to those people and basically let them know that, you know, we're not going to let this happen. Any other thoughts, Monica? <laughs> I don't know, I'm like, oh God, I'm so, I, I you actually didn't need me. <laughs> stop it. That's not true. That's not true. I definitely need you. Definitely need you. I'm we like, just be hyping each other up. We just be hyping each other up because we think the same way on pretty much every fucking thing. It's just like, it's so infuriating to me because I'm like, I don't take any of this for granted. Like, I don't take any of it for granted. And, you know, you and I were like, we were instant friends. Like, we met and we're like, okay, we're friends. Like, we're sisters, we're close, we're like, okay. Like, and when we talk, we talk for hours on end. Like, pretty much all of our conversations unless we have a full schedule that day. You know, so it's like, I, and I think about the cruelty of like you not being able to get, you know, just a simple letter, um, photos, you know, like all of the things that, you know, could have helped, could have helped, right? Ease that transition for you, right? But also, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and it makes me try so much harder you know, to make sure that, you know, I'm like, let me send them cards. Let me send them letters. Let me set a reminder so that, you know, I can send in photographs and whatever, because it's okay. You can use the app to send them a physical photograph or um, a digital photograph, but you can only send five photographs per day. 
you get charged for each one of the photographs that you send. You have to upload them individually. So it's not like you can just select five photos and upload them and that's it. You have to pay for each single one. So you have to go through all of the steps of doing that, right? <laughs> it's like, it's just so convoluted. You think like, are we not living in 2022? Right? But they also don't own any of that. Um, they don't own any of the digital mail. They're, that information, the letters and things, the emails, they don't own that. It's not like they can print that out. They can't print out those photos, which is why I'm like, digital photos are not a substitute for me sending them physical photos. They're not. Like, how, what does this mean for... You know, like there's so many different questions. And I mean, we all know what it means for fill in the blank, right? Um, there are organizations all over the country that send in newsletters and all of those things. Those things will probably not get in anymore. And we're not talking like radical organizing newsletters. We're just talking about regular, regular newsletters about, you know, this is what's happening in the world, blah, 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 whatever. Like those things just won't, they, they just won't pass muster anymore. And you know, the, those things like, that's one way to, <laughs> to cut off people. Another way to cut off people from everything that's happening out here in the world. And, and they're claiming, they're claiming that they're preparing people for when they return to society. What fucking society are you wanting them to return to? I hate so much of this shit. I mean, another dimension of this um, policy or another part of this policy um, that is, um, you know, going to make things much more difficult for folks is that anything that like tax documents, birth certificates, passports, any kind of ID um, related stuff, all of those things are going to have to be sent to the prison now as legal mail, right? Like anybody who worked <laughs> to help incarcerated folks, um, over the past couple of years, uh, claim their, you know, um, stimulus checks knows just how difficult it was to get, you know, information to folks on the inside, but also from them you know, to, to folks out here so that, you know, we could help make that happen for them. Like now all of that stuff would have to be categorized as legal mail. How long do you think it's going to take to get that stuff done? Like time sensitive things are not going to be able to happen. How, like what? Oh my God. It's just so, these people don't fucking think, or they do. And they're just like sitting there, like twiddling their little, you know, maniacal fingers like he, 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 like what can we come up with today what evil plan can we come up with today and it's like i mean i'm giving them way too much credit way too much credit um but it just makes all of these things much more difficult to to manage and it's already hard to manage those things already hard to manage those things when I was in, when they shut up, when they shut the two prisons down, and they moved us all into the one prison, um, and the mail was so fucked up, right? That the, everything about that shit was fucked up. Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a bunch of their family services counselors who were like, "We'll go do the mail." 
you know, a bunch of white guys who used to be COs who just happened to have degrees and other things. And so when they transferred us all there, they increased, which at the time was, they increased the staff of, at the time, what was the Department of Women Family Services and gave a bunch of counselors, right, because it was hate programming and stuff. And so these guys were like, oh, we'll go do the mail. And they was on that shit. And, but they also got paid for it like monster overtime you know and yeah. we were happy because like we could get our fucking mail yeah you know and to be fair like they were kicking ass in the mail when they were getting that shit done and then the administration decided that we did not really need our mail mm-hmm well, and, and the that's the thing. The mail room staff would get around to it when they did, yep. so that they didn't have to pay the overtime to get the shit done. Yeah. But if they regular staff would have just did it instead of complaining that people were actually getting fucking mail, which is a lot of what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, see, always do people understand how much prisoners are hated? Yep. It's not about contraband. That is about hate. Mm-hmm. They just don't want us to get mail. They don't want us to have nothing. I'm saying us like I'm still in prison. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, and I, I catch myself talking in in that same way. Like I've been in prison and I haven't, but it's like we serve time with the folks that are inside. The, it's it's a constant. It's an everyday kind of thing, and it's like you know, and here we go with some other bullshit, right? With some other bullshit. I, <laughs> When we say we're jailed the fuck out, we're jailed the fuck out. Like, we mean that, like, we mean that shit all the way through because for real, like, for real. I mean, that shit with my whole motherfucking chest. Right? Right? It's just, my whole heart. It, it's just like, really? Really? And it, it just, oh God. Um, for some people, and let, let me, you know, kind of underscore this. For some people, the only communication that they have is the mail with folks out here is, is through the mail because it, it's the least cost option for communication because most prisons are located so far away from where people, you know, from people's communities, right? Or people are removed from their communities and moved to prisons that are far away from from where they're from. So it makes it really difficult for people to be there in person. Most people do not have the money to put on, you know, on the tablet, um, to set up video visits, um, they may not have Wi-Fi in their area or, you know, may not be able to afford to pay for those things. It's like we, we need to understand this in a context that the people who are locked up are disproportionately, you know, marginalized folks, poor folks, black folks, you know, people that have no fucking money. That's why people are in prison. Right. And it's like and then we're saying to those people, we're going to make it not only more difficult, but we're going to cut off your source of communication with everyone, with everyone, period, because it's a blanket policy that, you know, just makes absolutely no sense if your goal is to, (laughs) you know, like destroy people's ties. Like that's the goal. That's what this policy is. 
That's what this policy does. If your goal is to destroy people's ties to their families, to their, you know, loved ones and, you know, and any, anyone else, anyone that wants to write, right? Like that's what this policy does. And what is, who is this in service of? Like what, you know, the, it, it's to claim that it's because they want to eliminate contraband. Then they need to be really honest about how contraband enters the prison. They need to be honest about how contraband enters the prison because it's not because, you know, your third grade child is, you know, sending you a glitter, you know, birthday card or Christmas card or what have you that, that like, that's not how contraband is entering the prison. They designate glitter as contraband. That's a different thing. Right? But it's not like... It, it, oh, it's... Hey, don't even get me started on that stupid shit. No, I want to get you started. Like... One year... So, I, when I was... So, when I was in the Cook... This was the, when I was in the Cook County Jail. Um, so, I can't speak for, like, other states and cities and shit. Um, in Cook County Jail, a big number of the COs was like from Chicago and Cook County in the greater Chicago land metropolitan area, you know, and it, it was very different, right? So they were black and brown and other people of color. When I got to the joint in central Illinois, it was, the difference was so motherfucking dramatic. Like it was all predominantly like central Illinoisan white male. And just like, what the attitude is different. Every fucking thing. Oh my God. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> I just, like, that's a whole, that's another, that's a whole other dimension to the conversation. Um, so when I was in the county, there were two little older ladies, two little small older ladies. We used to see them in the tunnels, either going to court, right, from Division 4, either going to court or you know, or, or like going on a writ or something like that. So we would see them in the tunnel sometimes with our mayo, right? Mm -hmm. And my mom, one year for Valentine's Day, my mom sent me, do you know those like little, it, they come in like a little bag of cards, like Valentine's Day for oh God, like yeah. kids' school parties yep. or whatever, yep. those little tiny cards yep. for Valentine's and stuff like that. So my mom sent me a whole bunch of those one year Yep. to give to everybody on the housing unit. Aww. You know, and I remember when they came because the little ladies where I saw them, I'm, I was part of a program called the Crime Awareness Program, which was like horrible and awesome. Mm -hmm. Also, another conversation. <laughs> um, so I saw them on the way to the program, and they were like, Oh, you've got some mail. You're going to have some mail waiting for you when you come back. Mm -hmm. Right? Cut to some years later, and I'm all the way in the prisons now in central Illinois. And one year for Mother's Day, my mom had my children cut out a bunch of flowers out of magazines to send me flowers for Mother's Day for me and my friends. Hmm. And the motherfucking mailroom sent my shit to fucking IA. And they had my mail dumped out with all the cut out flowers. And they were like, what is this? I was like, I'm sure you read the letter. I know you know what it is. It's flowers for fucking Mother's Day. I mean, and, and oh, these people play too much. What the fuck? I mean, I did get my mail. I was allowed to have it and stuff like that. 
you know. But they put you through these ridiculous changes as if, you know, a bunch of kids cutting out, you know, flowers from magazines rises to the level of, you know, someone like cutting out, like, like, what is it like? And I don't want to talk, you know, I don't want to get into like specifics or whatever, because I'm like, see, that's exactly why we have this policy. Like that's a, we, that's, that's what we're trying. These people sit around watching, you know, fucking TV shows too much. Like they really do. They believe that this is, you know, that this is what's going on. Um, it's just, most people just want to get their letter from their grandma they want the picture from their boo they want to get you know the report card the picture of the report card from their kids or the little certificate and you know that kind of stuff or they want the little baby footprint from you know when their baby was born because they weren't like that's what people really want that's what people are fighting for they're not fighting because they want the fucking scan or they're trying to get something, you know, inside that they're not supposed to have. Most people would be really fucking okay just to serve their goddamn time and get the fuck out. But people can't do that. People can't do that. It's never about just serving your time. It's about you serve your time, but then now we're going to add all of these additional a constant, things. A constant, uh, in a permanent state of punishment. Like perpetual motherfucking punishment. Every single day. Every single day. And it's those, you know, thousands of indignities that people have to deal with every single day. And you want them to come out being what? Quote unquote, good people. Look at who their models are inside. We're saying, you know, like uh, we're... The, the thing's not given what it's supposed to have gave, as the kids say these days. <laughs> it's like... Some of the coolest motherfucking people I ever seen in my whole goddamn life were motherfucking correctional officers and correctional staff. I've had a copy of a magazine called Bitch, I think was the name of the magazine. And this is while I was... This is, I don't know, the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. And I think the magazine was called Bitch. I just remember Queen Latifah was on the front mm-hmm. page, and it said the art of boxing. And they sent my shit to the publication review committee. What the fuck? Which was the librarian at the time. She was cool. She was cool. She was interesting. She was cool, right? But it also meant IA. Yeah. And so then it was like this little tension between the publication review committee and IA because she was like, well, if I'm the publication review committee, what do you need to have it for? I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was stupid. It was all the way fucking petty power struggles in the fucking prison between prison people. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. I did get my magazine though. After like, I don't know, six weeks or some, or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, God. To have that degree of control over what a person reads, what they listen to, what they can watch on TV, whether or not they can watch TV, whether or not they can read and have access to, like, not just the control of information, it's the control of information and the control of the flow of information, Mm -hmm. right, that power and capacity to completely cut someone off to just really like hold people entirely incommunicado and that shit happens that shit happens if you don't got no people out here 
in some kind of way, they can disappear you in a motherfucking prison and you will, no one will ever motherfucking know. Yeah. Except for the other people in prison. Yep. And we won't really know what happened to you. We'll know that they came and got you in the van and we might think that they took you to SAG. Yep. Yep. This has happened. They have taken people to SAG and then shipped them to a whole other prison straight from SAG and nobody knew for like a week. Yep. We're like, hey, what happened to so-and-so? Yeah. You know? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. People just don't understand. And I, there's, I hate saying this, but it feels true. I think that there are a goodly number of people who either don't believe us when we talk about the deep layers of fucked up thinness. Yep. That is prison on a daily. Yep. And I know for sure that there are people who just really don't give a fuck and or think that we deserve it anyway. Yep, exactly. But it's almost harder to take the people that don't believe yep. than it is the people that think we deserve. Yep. And I can't yep. quite yeah. get a handle on like why that's almost worse. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, I, I, I haven't gotten this hype in a while on this podcast. Like I've been really kind of, you know, <laughs> keeping so all it. All anybody's going to hear I said was fuck, fuck, fuck. Right. Shit. Exactly. I, I've been, I, I, I've kept it really, you know, I, I put on my professorial kind of like, you know, whatever. And you know, been real professional about shit. Um, Kim, I got mistaken for a professor at a thing a few months ago. I can't remember the thing that I was at, but it was an in-person thing. And you're out here because you're out here teaching. Shit. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Someone walked up to me and they were like, are, are you, are, are, aren't you a professor? Right? You and are. Course, and I was standing with somebody else, so I really wasn't entirely certain that they were talking to me in the first place. So I didn't say shit. Mm-hmm. They're still looking at me. I was like, oh, me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. You know. But, yeah. I mean, it's like, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to I'm you for... Grateful to be part of the Free People's University. Right? And and grateful to you to, you know, for, for sharing and for just being so open about your own experience, but also advocating for the folks that are still inside um, and for not not filtering how you feel about this stuff. Because I feel like, you know, I'm not apologizing for being angry and emotional and all of this other stuff. Look, the, mo- the most emotional motherfuckers are the ones making these policies. <laughs> it's just, let's be honest. It's like... Are you getting me? Um, <laughs> but yeah. if we can't, if we can't express our righteous anger, our you know sadness, because it's it, at the heart of all of this, it's like how fucking heartless of a you know human being do you have to fucking be to think that this is a good thing? to do to other people like for real like how like they're not heartless their hearts are full of malice maybe i'm thinking too deeply 
No, no. I mean, it, it just... I, you, you, you're heartless. Like, nothing's going to bother you. You're not going to care about shit one way or the other. Yeah. You're just heartless. You're not going to be moved to action, nothing of any kind, because you just don't care. Yeah. Right? Oh, no, they care. They're so, deeply invested in, you know, in, in power. In fucking perpetuating harm. Yep. They are deeply invested in the exertion of their power. Yep. And in their and control. To inflict violence on other people. And control. Because that is violence all motherfucking day. All day. And night. When you're in community with folks that are inside, like truly in community, not that you just write one letter every once in a blue moon and stuff like that. And let's let's also be very clear about who is doing the letter writing. Most of the time, <laughs> you want to say it, Monica? Do I want to say it? Yeah. Who's doing the letter writing most of the time? Moms. Women, right? Women, women and femmes. Yep. Most of the time. All right. It's like, it's not men, including men in the movement. Right. And this is just sadly true. You know what I'm saying? It's, and it is women and non-men. And we're the ones who are basically doing the heavy lifting to not only maintain communication, maintain those ties, but to keep people connected to whatever they need to be connected to out here. We're the ones who are doing that heavy lifting. So this, policies like this impact us. They impact our children, right? And it's like, and everybody else, right? They, they really do. So you're creating, you know, perpetuating the kind of intergenerational harm that a lot of us don't want to have in the world. Right. That's what these policies do. And for some people that may be like, oh, well, you're, you're just going too far. You're thinking too deeply about this. No, actually, the, let's be you know, let's just really break it down. But I think, you know, we've we've made that, you know, we've made that point. And in part because we have come at this, we've come at this from two different, you know, um, very different lived experiences. Right. Um, and I really I'm so grateful that, you know, you're my friend, um, that you're such a badass organizer and out here, you know, trying to do all the things, as you say, I, um, I'm taking a cue from you. Um, thank you so much. Ken. <laughs> no, really. And, uh, yeah. My little baby, um, so she's not a baby. She's grown as hell. Uh, my little baby is autistic, right? And there are times when it is actually so much easier to talk with her even though we didn't you know none of my children and I had like a lot of communication while I was gone um but she has and she showed them to me every picture I drew her every letter I sent her right and I, I think I've talked about this before I know I've said this to a couple of people I don't know if I've ever talked about it on a panel, panel or anything um was one of the first times I got to see her. She came down to Illinois because, you know, my, my children don't live in Illinois with me. Um, so she came to Illinois to stay with me and my partner and I. And I had just gotten paid from, I don't know, something that I did, right? So I tried to take her shopping, and I kept trying to get her stuff. And she, 
informed me that I have horrible taste in clothes. <laughs> she, she did do that, you know. And she looked, she stopped, and she looked me dead in my face in front of everybody in the store. I want to say I was in Walmart. I'm not sure. She looked me dead in my face, and she said, "Mom, do you keep trying to?" And actually, she sometimes she calls me mother. Very rarely does she call me mom. Yeah. But this she was like, "Mom." Do you keep trying to buy me stuff because you feel bad because you were gone so long? Wow. Wow. And I, I couldn't do shit but say yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm trying to yeah. catch up to you and make up for and keep up with all at the same time. That shit's hard, yeah. by the way. But when yeah. she said that shit, I just was, like, dumbfounded. And so I said, well, yeah. And she said, well, you don't have to. She said, I have some money of my own. And also, you're home now. Wow. We have this now. And it was so clear and forward and direct and open and honest and easy. And compassionate. Hard. Like, there's so much, there's so much love in that. Like, I'm I'm sitting here, like, just tearing up right now because it's just, Wow. Kim, girl, I almost broke in this store. I almost broke in this store. And I think so did a couple of other people. Because one lady visibly was like, oh. And that no context for nothing but that one little piece of conversation. But she appeared deeply touched. You know, but I did. I almost broke in the store. And we carried on. And she was like, nothing ever happened. My daughter, she was like, went on about her business. She told me I needed a, a styling consultant or something. She was like, you have to get someone to teach you how to dress. <laughs> I love that you shared that story. And I think that's, you know, perfect place, you know, to, to end. But before we go, I also want to underscore the fact that the prison. No, that pr- the prison had nothing to do with that interaction or with the outcome there between you and your daughter. That it's in spite of the prison that you and, you know, the folks around you were able to, like, that moment was able to happen. It's not because the prison facilitated any of that. And I think that, you know, for a lot of people who think that prisons, um, need to exist and you know take them the for granted we should have never had to have a moment like that exactly exactly as beautiful as it was and exactly all of that, it really was i but we weren't that was never supposed to have been it should not have happened absolutely absolutely again super grateful um for your presence in this universe and in my life like i i can't even um, I can't even. It, it just. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you are so welcome. I'm so grateful to the universe for putting us together. I have found my family. Beyond Prisons is created and hosted by Kim Wilson and Brian Sonstein. Ellis Maxwell edits our episodes, and Victoria Nam manages our website and volunteers. The music is by Jared Ware. We'd like to give a special thanks to our many volunteers who are helping us transcribe our episodes to make them more accessible, as well as our donors who provide 100% of the funding for this show. We really appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.